You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, Casey Foreman. This is a show discussing what's going on in the world of sports. And you can listen every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, as always, Casey Foreman. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. What a week it has been in the world of sports. Uh, you know, with a lot of sports coming to an end, coming to a close, like the uh, NBA, NHL, seems like the MLB coming to a close. I'm actually recording during uh, what during this game, during Game 6 of the World Series. It's looking like the Dodgers will close it out, bring another championship. Uh, title back to the city of Los Angeles, but either way, like I said, it's been a packed week in the in the world of sports. We had Khabib, Habib, however you say his name, taking down Justin Gaethje uh, for the uh, for the what is it heavyweight title, lightweight? Title? Either way, he remains undefeated and then retires from the sport. So he remains undefeated, wins despite having, I think he had a broken foot, broke his foot a few weeks ago, still fights, wins, and and then retires from the sport because of the death of his father. You will be missed dearly uh, in the world of UFC. And then in the world of basketball, uh, we have some plans, some some concrete plans being worked out for next season, perhaps a, a Christmas Day start or around the day of Christmas Day start, looking like training camps possibly getting going uh, for the NBA as early as December 1st. And, and we know the, the, the draft is, I think, November 17th, 18th. Uh, so, so right away, it's looking like the NBA might be jumping into their next season, despite hearing rumors and such. Uh, stories about them them pushing the season off until perhaps January or February next year. Uh, now we have news. It's, it's looking like it's going to be December, Christmas Day after all. They haven't quite agreed on any plans, uh, so I, I'm kind of waiting for for you know the concrete plans to be agreed upon. Uh, you know from the players and the organization. So once that has been dealt with. <clears throat> I'll make sure to report, you know, the full list of details for next season for basketball. I know we're we're already looking forward for that to start back up again. Uh, and like I said, it's looking like the World Series will be coming to a close. Uh, it's not over yet, but it's looking like, like I said, the Dodgers will be will be winning the World Series. Props to them. And then again, in in the world of football for the NFL, it was yet again another intense. I want to say crazy, but it was another fascinating uh, week for the NFL for uh, for football. And that is what I want to talk about today. Yet again, uh, I, I want to focus on the Dallas Cowboys. What should they do going forward with, with the mess of a roster front office that they do, in fact, have? What should they do going forward? I also want to discuss uh, Seattle, Arizona, the game we saw on Sunday night, as well as the Browns and Cincinnati game. A couple of things I saw in those games that I want to discuss. And then for the second half of the podcast today, make sure you stick around until then. I want to give you guys my top 10 teams in football okay we've had what about seven almost eight weeks now of football I think I finally feel comfortable you know putting a pen on paper top 10 teams in football second half of the show don't miss it don't go anywhere but like I said let's start out with those Dallas Cowboys yet another embarrassing game for quote America's team if they are America's team maybe they're showing how America's really feeling right now am I 
I right? Either way, another embarrassing week uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. They lose to their division divisional rival, uh, the Washington football team, the team, yes, with no name. They lose to the team with no name in Washington. Final score, 25-3. to Quite frankly, it looked like Dallas gave up yet again. Instead of giving up, you know, late in the in the fourth quarter, like they've done in prior games, they gave up in the first quarter this time. Okay, you think you know you don't think it can get even worse? Watch this. It seemed like that was kind of what Dallas was doing against Washington. Yes, it can in fact get even worse. We will give up in the first quarter. Uh, but again, another rough week for Dallas. They they. Honestly, they, they get down to what their third string quarterback. Yeah, their third string guy in Ben DiNucci, the seventh round draft pick from I couldn't tell you where. Uh, but he gets his first NFL snaps because of the dirty hit, the dirty tackle when Andy Dalton is obviously sliding to the ground. What? Who was the guy who made the? T- I, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't even want to say his name. Give him the. Uh, uh, the benefit of me saying his name on any media. But either way, a dirty shot. Either way, a, a shot to Andy Dalton as he's going down. He gets put into concussion protocol. And then, like I said, the third string rookie quarterback, Ben DiNucci, get, goes in for Dallas. We'll see what the quarterback position looks like going forward for Dallas. Will they simply commit to this DiNucci, uh, who, who had one good throw? His first throw was a, was a, was a, a good one to, to uh, what, Cooper for a first down. Besides that, he was getting harassed in that pocket. Uh, some real issues all over Dallas, all over that roster. Another uninspired, terrible defensive effort, letting, again, 25 points to to a guy named Kyle Allen, who, who again, is fighting for his, his his job. Maybe he, he's locked that position up for a couple of weeks now after beating the Cowboys 25-3, to getting Washington their second win of the season. Uh, basically, Basically letting Dallas know, hey, I know you had a lead in, in in the division for, what, a week or so. That's over. You know, you, they're going to lose to Philadelphia. I think Washington will continue to win a couple of games. It's not. I, I don't think it's looking great for Dallas going forward. Looking at their schedule going forward, it's hard to pick out a win. Okay, it's a lot of losses. Maybe they can get a win against Joe Burrow and, and the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think Joe will tear up this historically bad defense. Maybe they get a win against the Giants again when they play later or the or Washington. Either way, it's looking really bad for Dallas. If if it already wasn't for for you fans, for you uh, maybe optimistic fans or maybe delusional is the better word out there. Uh, but it's rebuilding time for the Cowboys. If, if that wasn't in question already, after Dak going down, it's apparent that he seemingly was one of the only bright spots for this entire roster. The, the offensive line is now a liability in comparison to it being the best in the entire, in the entire National Football League. Uh, again, another uninspired, terrible defensive effort it's a, it's still a question at that quarterback position. Uh, you know, obviously not Dak for Andy or or Danucci, whoever they decide to throw in here. So overall, it's safe to say it is rebuild time uh, for Dallas. And as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, it is definitely tough to admit this, but they are yet again an embarrassment. I, I looked at a stat the other day, and in the last twenty games played in in the National Football League, you know who has a better record in comparison to the Jets in, com- in comparing the Jets to the Dallas Cowboys. We know the Jets have been you know a laughing stock of the league for years now. The Jets and the Dallas Cowboys have the same record over the last twenty games, seven 
in 13. Absolutely terrible with, with the roster that, that they do have. Again, a laughing a laughing stock of the league, an embarrassment, and I think it's pretty safe to say that the Mike McCarthy hire was the wrong hire, as was the Mike Nolan hire. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say it's it's pretty easy to tell when something is going wrong, and you know when 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 something is necessarily not going not going right but not going wrong either. It can it can take time to figure out if you have your guy. That's my main point. If if it's an okay thing, a pretty good thing, it, it can take some time to figure it out. Even if it's a really good thing, it can take time to figure it out. But when it's bad, when it's bad, it's bad. And you tend to know it's bad. And that tend, that really feels like what the situation is in Dallas. Mike, Mike McCarthy, not the right hire. Mike Nolan, obviously not the right hire. And boy, you know there is an issue when players in the locker room are publicly dissing and disrespecting the coaching staff, saying, quote, they are not good at their jobs. So that that is a red flag right there. And then here's another red flag that I honestly didn't catch until now, even though it was back in his press conference when he was first hired on to the team. Uh, but, you know, it's not good when players are publicly calling out your, your coaching staff, yes. But it's also not good when your when your head coach the leader of your locker room is publicly admits he lied he lied to get the job okay that is i don't i frankly i don't know what is worse publicly dissing your head coach or the head coach lying you know or or, or, or i'm sorry the, the head coach admitting he lied to get the job so not only did he lie he admitted to lying as soon as he got the job as soon as he had a microphone in front of his face in front of his mouth he stated yeah you know i, I know i said i watched every every snap of, of, of dallas last year i know i said i watched every snap of the national football league but hey i just said that to get the job now i have the job he he literally said that in in, in a press conference in, in, for dallas so I'm not sure what quite is worse. I'm leaning on, you know, your head coach lying to get the job, and then now you know, you're two and five with a record to show for it. Either way, you know, looking at this team prior to the start of the season, they were ranked in the top ten overall rosters. We we knew they they had issues defensively, but because of the offense, because of Mike McCarthy, because of you know still some Pro Bowl names like Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch, uh, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Alden Smith as well. So because of those names on the defensive side and then obviously the top three ranked offense that they do have, they still have that offense. I know the offensive line is now a liability. They still have Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. So they still have the, that top three uh, rated offense. They don't have their leader, their quarterback, and Dak Prescott, which, like I said, is looking like he was the only good thing on this entire roster, it's looking like. And now it's looking like you, you got to pay him, quite frankly, whatever he wants to keep him around. Again, the only bright spot of the entire roster, it seems like. But after being ranked top 10 in, in the preseason uh, overall picks, top three in offense, I know Dak is injured again, but still two and five three points to the Washington football team giving up in the first quarter we'll see if Jerry Jones can admit where he was wrong and, and again it seems like he was wrong on a whole lot of different things a lot of bad contracts a Jalen Smith contract to Marcus Lawrence um Zeke, Zeke, quite frankly it looks like Zeke is, is regressing year to year averaging what I think only only 50 to 
to 60 yards a game. I know that it's a big reflection on the offensive line. Can Zeke do it without the star-studded offensive line? That is now a question, perhaps making Zeke look more human than ever. Uh, showing maybe he isn't the back that he was his rookie year. We know he isn't that back, but showing it now more than ever without that star-studded offensive line. So now it's time for Jerry Jones to take a look in the mirror and admit, I was wrong. It's time to let go, even though now he publicly said, I have my guy and Mike McCarthy. I I wouldn't want anybody else. I don't know if it's because it's simply the puppet master and can control whatever Mike says and does, or... If he actually, you know, like I said, is too hard-headed to admit that he made a mistake, he, he has some bad contracts on the roster, so he, it's time for him to cut ties with the coaching staff and with some of these players that he paid prematurely. You got to bite the bullet, Jerry. We'll see if he can do that. I'm I, I'm honestly hesitant to say. I, I'm leaning more on this side of he, he does not bite the bullet, and we will have, yet again, years and years of mediocrity, medi- um, uh, of, 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 of bad football. I don't even want to say mediocre because it's just bad. It's just bad. It's not even mediocre. I can't even go there. Uh, it, it's looking like we're going to have more years of bad, disappointing, undisciplined football for Dallas Cowboy fans. Let's move on though. Man, I just spent a lot of time talking about those Cowboys. I know I can I can get caught up in me being a fan and all, right? Let's pivot now. Let's change topics. Let's talk about Arizona and Seattle. Arizona surprised the crap out of me, quite uh, quite frankly, on Sunday night. Did not expect them to come back. I thought the game was over. If I was a betting man, I, I, uh, I was betting against Arizona, especially in that third quarter. I think they were up 27 to 14. I thought it was basically done, but showing, man, Seattle's defense is just as bad as we thought, if not even worse than we thought. But again, Arizona, Kyler Murray surprised me, as did Russell Wilson and his three interceptions. Again, I think he only had one or two coming into coming into the game. Throws three. Uh, yeah, not what you want to see. Not it's gonna be hard to win a game when when your guy who's usually so consistent, so precise, throws three interceptions and one in overtime. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to win that game with the defense that you do have as well. If you had the best defense in the league, you can say, yeah, we you know we'll, we'll put them up against those guys, get a three and out, have you right back on the field. Not the case, however, and uh, we see Russell Wilson in Seattle blowing that lead, losing uh, despite having what a 13 point lead in in the third quarter. Uh, Kyler Murray, 360 yards, four total touchdowns, 67 rushing yards for him. Definitely making his case for that MVP discussion. DeAndre Hopkins said it at the very said it at the very beginning of the year. Kyler Murray for MVP. He's my MVP, and Kyler is doing nothing but backing up DeAndre Hopkins' statement. Uh, again, 364 total touchdowns. And definitely making his case for MVP in the comeback overtime win. Like I said, it seemed like the game was over in the third quarter. A thrilling overtime, a thrilling Sunday night game. Overtime was so intense. They could, oh, Arizona kicks the field goal on what second down I think it was, and then they miss it, and then end up going back and making it again because Russell Wilson throws the the overtime interception. I don't know. It was it was a very intense, a crazy game on both sides. 
both teams had multiple opportunities to win. I, I, I now, though, after watching that game, I fear for Seattle. I fear they are relying too much on Russell Wilson. Their defense, like I said, is terrible, is awful. I think that was the biggest reason they lose the game. But again, when your quarterback throws three interceptions, one in overtime with the defense that you do have, it's going to be tough to win that game. Will we see Seattle come back down to earth after that 5-0 and start or Will Russ continue to cook and keep them on his back? We will see. I do have some concerns from Seattle after that overtime loss. And with now, let's go ahead and transition quickly to the topic of Odell Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns. With the news of Odell being out for the entire season, people may start to fear for that Cleveland Brown roster going forward. However, I am here to say, don't worry. Uh, Cleveland will be just fine, if not a little bit better. Dare I say? I know. I know. How how can they be better when losing one of the best receivers in the league? Hard to say. Maybe you know. Maybe the addition by subtraction is really coming into play here. I know he he's been he's been on his best behavior in Cleveland. I, I don't want to knock him in any way, but I, I think it's safe to say that that the fit of Baker and Odell, the fit of Odell in Cleveland, has not necessarily worked. It hasn't worked up to the standard or level you were. You were wanting it to when you when you gave up what you did to get him, you know, into into your organization. You're hoping your your quarterback was going to take that next step when he had an All Pro level receiver. Hasn't necessarily had that effect. It, it seeming it seemingly has had the opposite effect, having Baker, you know, forcing the ball to him. So so. I really feel like maybe this is addition by subtraction because, again, I really feel like Baker at times would force the ball to Odell as quarterbacks tend to do to great receivers, right? You can't necessarily blame him for doing that, but it's no doubt he would do that. It would get him off of his game. And I feel like now with Odell being out of the lineup, he now has a chance to share the sugar a little bit, get the ball spread out. And if you know where where he really thrived at Oklahoma, when he had a whole lot of of good pieces, not one overall big threat. I know he, I know he had pe- uh, good pieces overall, and he still does in in, uh, in Cleveland. But that isn't the point here. The point is, I think the big name, big star, the the reputation, the pressure of Odell Beckham is throwing him off his game. With, with now. That being out of the lineup, off of the field, he can simply focus on his game, making simply the right play, the best play possible. Okay, so now I think he will focus on sharing the ball. Uh, Again, I think we got a display of that versus Cincinnati with the five total touchdowns. And it really seemed like he flipped a switch as soon as Odell was out of the game Again, five total touchdowns. I really liked what I saw from Baker. It's sad to say, as soon as Odell got out of the game, uh, so quite frankly, I think this could be an addition by subtraction here. I think I think Cleveland might just be even better without their star receiver. Perhaps now we see them uh, having some urgency to get him out of Cleveland, get a little bit back, and get him in in a situation that that is better, that is best for Odell. Perhaps with a bigger name uh, quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers or, or, or uh, uh, Tom Brady or, or Russell Wilson. Okay, so maybe he needs a bigger name guy to get him the ball. 
not quite sure either way. It's easy to say it has not worked in Cleveland. If Cleveland now starts playing better than they did with him, I think it's safe to say they will move off of Odell, and I think that will perhaps be the best move for Cleveland. And as far as Cincinnati goes, I also liked what I saw from the Bengals, especially Joe Burrow, 35 of 46, a total of 406 yards, four throwing touchdowns, four passing uh, touchdowns, one, uh, uh, oh no, four total, I'm sorry, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, three rushing, sorry, three uh, throwing, one rushing, four total, I had it, th- I had it right the first time, so 406 yards, four touchdowns, only one interception for the rookie and Joe Burrow, it was a one-score game, might I remind you, a one-score game late, with the Bengals not having their running back in Joe Mixon, no left, no starting left tackle, uh, no starting center, and no starting right tackle. Okay, so running back, left tackle, center, and right tackle all out, and it's still a one-score game late with your quarterback throwing for over 400 yards, four touchdowns. Safe to say that Cincinnati has their guy, and boy was I wrong about Joe Burrow. Again, though, Let's bring this Cleveland team back to earth for a second. Baker back down to earth for a second. He was playing Cincinnati's defense, and Joe Burrow with his 400 yards and four touchdowns, he was playing the better Cleveland Brown defense. So let's let's take everything into consideration here. Uh, But with all of the great play, with all all of the great games we've been seeing recently, us being about halfway through the NFL season, I think it's perfect timing for me, like I said, to put some pen on paper, give you guys my best 10, uh, my, my top 10 teams in football. That is coming up after the break. Again, I want to take a quick break when I come back, my best, my top 10 in football. Don't go anywhere. That is coming up next. All right, guys, welcome back. Like I said before the break, I now want to give you guys my top 10 teams in football. We are almost halfway through the NFL season. I'll say that again. We are almost halfway through the NFL season. That is absolutely crazy for me to comprehend, wrap my mind around. I felt the exact same way with the NBA bubble as it was going on. We're already to the to, to the to the postseason. We're already done with the eight seeding games. We're already to the Western Conference Finals. Man, there's we're one game away from the Lakers being the the champ. So I felt this exact same way uh, as the NBA season came uh, came to a close as it uh, went through its season. I should say. And it's hitting me the exact same way. It's happening again with the NFL. It's crazy to think we're already halfway done with the NFL season. It feels like it just took place. It just uh, took off. It just started, it feels like. And the fact that we are already halfway through again, I, I, I can't really believe that. But I've been watching. I've been waiting. And finally, I am ready to ready to give my own rankings. Okay, like I said, my top 10 teams in football. Here we go. Let's start with number 10. I got to go with the Arizona Cardinals at number 10. After beating Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks in the overtime thriller on Sunday night, they are now 5-2. and two. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to put 10 teams above them. Uh, and, and, and 
I, I, I'll, I'll let you guys know the other teams I was debating for, for number 10 before I talk about why I have them at number 10. I was debating Arizona, New Orleans, and Los Angeles, the Rams. And my eye test, though, after watching Arizona face the Cowboys, watching Arizona face this 5-0 undefeated Seattle team and beat them in, in this overtime thriller, uh, despite odds being against them, it seemingly, seemingly was looking like the game was over in the third quarter. Kyler Murray brings them back in the game. Uh, what Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury as well. Uh, so the eye test is telling me watching them play, watching the Rams play, watching New Orleans play, the eye test is telling me Arizona is better than, than those two other teams. Also with the 5-2 and two record, what they did against Seattle, Kyler Murray's play recently. It really is hard for me, like I said, to put 10 teams above the Arizona Cardinals. I'm putting them above, yes, the Rams and New Orleans. The Arizona, the Cardinals are, yes, my the 10th best team in football, number nine, I got to go with the Buffalo Bills. After a hot start, a 4-0 start, they lose two straight games. I saw them struggle to beat a winless Jets team. Okay, a winless Jets team. They only win by six points, and it seems like the game was it was was either teams uh, was up for either team for the taking uh, uh, throughout the entire thing. It seemed like so. I saw the Bills struggle to beat a winless Jets team. Uh, they had two straight losses after starting out hot. I think it's safe to say this Bills team has a ceiling, and I think they have come close to, to hitting that ceiling. Can they can they remain competitive, continue to win in, in the National Football League? Yes, absolutely. But would they continue? Would, would they go on another 4-0 streak? I, I I would I would bet against that rather than betting for that they go they go to yeah they go to New England this week uh, th this weekend uh, very interested to see what they do against a New England defense a team that has kind of had their card in, in prior years prior seasons how can they do after a rough game against again a winless Jets team haven't loved what I've been seeing recently from Buffalo. I thought it was just grading them from their first four games. Yeah, they're in the top five. Uh, but again, two two straight losses. They struggled to beat a Jets team. The defense is not as good as expected. They're still a top 10 team. Okay, they're not out of the top 10 quite yet. But I'm very interested to see how they do against New England this weekend. Number eight. I got, I got to go with the Cleveland Browns here. Yes, it was against the Bengals. But I really liked what I saw from Baker this past weekend without Odell. You know, they have the best running game in, in all of football with those two backs, uh, but they averaged almost 160. At one point, it was like 180 yards per game until they faced Pittsburgh, which cut it down to 160. Either way, the best running football team in the league. I like what Baker did without Odell. Interested to see what he can do going forward. They're a five and two football team. I like them better than Buffalo. I I I think their upside. It, it, they they have a, a better upside, a higher upside, a higher ceiling than the Arizona Cardinals. I also like what I've saw what I've seen from them uh, more consistently from the Browns than Arizona. They lost to Detroit. They've had they had a couple of uh, really bad games as well. Uh, so overall, the Browns at number eight. They're five and two, best running team in the NFL. I liked what I saw from Baker this past week. I got the Browns at number eight. Number seven, we're going with the Tennessee 
Titans. Tennessee Titans at number seven. They lost their first game uh, of the season to to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the only other undefeated team at that point. Pittsburgh rolls through them, remains undefeated. Uh, Tennessee gets their first loss of the season. They got they got some great running backs. I, I really like their coach. I think they have, they have a great head coach in Mike uh, Vogel or Vrobel. Vrobel, Vrobel, I'm not quite sure how you say his last name. Uh, so great head coach, great running backs. However, a limited quarterback. I also don't think their defense is as good as as it needs to be. It needs to be better, especially they did have a couple of really good interceptions to Big Ben or from from uh, Ben, or were they, was it because of the terrible throws Roethlisberger makes? Were they good interceptions, bad throws by Ben? A little bit of both. Uh, they, they almost came back and beat Pittsburgh, despite, again, odds not being in their favor. It seeming like the game was over. They come back, make it a three-point game late. With Roth, with Roth, Roethlisberger's turnovers, it really made uh, Tennessee ha- have a chance. I should I should say late in that ball game. However, I, similar to the Buffalo Bills, I feel like there is a ceiling for Tennessee. They may have hit it. Maybe the ceiling goes up a little bit higher. However, I feel like we've seen some of the best football from Tennessee from Buffalo. Again, they will continue to win games in the National Football League. But can they beat teams like Pittsburgh, Kansas? City, Tampa Bay. Okay, I know they're a really good team. They're still a, they're a team with a five and run record. Only one loss up until this point. However, the ceiling is there. I think they might have hit that. That's still better than I thought going into the season. I thought the ceiling was hit in last year's postseason. Uh, I, I didn't think they'd come in and be this competitive right away by any means. A little bit, a little bit of a hangover. They come out with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, however. Prove me wrong are even better than I thought. They're still, you know, I have them in the top 10 at number 7. Only one loss up until this point, like I said. But I think they've hit a ceiling. I don't think they can beat teams like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. So so I can't put them past number 7, let alone in the top 5. Tennessee, for for me right now, is the 7th best team in football. Number 6, I got to go with the Green Bay Packers. I fear this team is too similar to last year's 13-3 team that folded, got demolished in last year's NFC title game. But, you know, let's give them a little bit of props. They're 5-1. Aaron Rodgers uh, bounced back after a terrible game or a a bad game against Tampa Bay. He bounces back and beats the 1-5 Texans, might I add. But still, he bounces back, uh, uh, gets Green Bay back on the rolling or back on the winning streak against the 1-5 Texans. Only one loss up until this point. They have issues on the defensive end, but man, they are good offensively. But but you know, my, my biggest question for them is, how good are you offensively? I know you're good, uh, but when, when you face a really good defense, an elite defense, how good are you? Because I have two examples, uh, two recent examples, Tampa Bay, obviously a couple of weeks ago, and then, like I said, San Francisco in the NFC title game. They have not made enough changes defensively, quite frankly, even offensively, using the first-round pick on a, on a quarterback, Jordan Love, who won't play for, for multiple years, it seems like. Uh, so they, they still have issues on both sides of the ball, especially on defense. But how good, how, how good really is this offense? Because when they play a really good defense like Tampa Bay, like San Francisco, they seem to fold, not be the same team they are in comparison to when they're playing the Texans or the Cowboys, okay, or or an inferior defense, okay. So how good 
are they on offense? I need to see them beat a really good defense for them to crack the top five. Green Bay, though, is at number six. Number five, I'm going with Seattle, okay? After the loss to Arizona, they again showed how bad their defense is showing. It truly is a liability. One of the worst, if not the worst defense in all of football, Russell Wilson is the reason for this 5-1 and one record. And with his three uh, interceptions on Sunday, with, with the shoddy defense uh, performance from the defense as well, it's going to be hard for Seattle to win that game. They should have won, but again, with the, with the interception in overtime, three total for Russell Wilson. The comeback effort from Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. It's hard for me to move this team any higher, any lower on this list than number five. Perhaps Russell Wilson, like I said earlier, is being overused. It is obviously the the biggest reason for their five and run record. Him and Pete Carroll, but again, I think Pete is relying a little bit too much on his MVP candidate in Russell Wilson, proving he can't get it all done on his own. He needs some help on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe when Jamal Adams is back and 100% healthy, we'll see that defense start playing a little bit better, uh, start competing, start stop letting up so many points. But right now, it's a liability. They rely on Russell Wilson for it seems like a little bit too much. How far can this team go? How far can Russell Wilson take them? Will we see him being burnt out by the end of the regular season, by, by the first round of the postseason? Is, is, are his eyes clearly only set on the MVP award, or is this team trying to win a Super Bowl? Either way, I'm not quite sure how far Russ can, Russell Wilson can take this team with the defensive liability that they do have that they are either way Seattle is the fifth best team in football right now number four I'm going with Baltimore the Ravens very good if I don't want to say great because because we've seen better uh, but very good on both sides of the football and they continue to improve flipping a pick or, or uh, they just got some sort of uh, defensive or an edge rusher from from Minnesota I can't quite put my name on or put put his name uh, get his name down. But either way, they continue to improve. They're very good on both sides of the ball. Lamar seemingly has showed us who he is as a player. I don't think he is continuing to improve again. Maybe he has hit somewhat of a ceiling. I don't think he's regressing. Still a very good, uh, great quarterback in this league, but his stats, not as good, not as impressive as last year, his MVP performance. So perhaps we have seen the best as we will going for. Maybe we, maybe this is what Lamar is. I should say. Uh, now that we've seen the best from him, but maybe what we've seen from him is the best, and that this is what we will continue to see. No less, no better. This is what Lamar Jackson is. That is uh, what is looking like and what, what the case is. But either way, Baltimore, very good on both sides. I like their head coach. Not exactly, again, I don't think their, their quarterback is exactly improving, but still an elite guy in the league. Top five, top three quarterback in all of football. My biggest the biggest uh, issue I have with Baltimore is the fact that they come out and publicly state that Kansas City, the Chiefs, are their, quote, kryptonite. That is the biggest issue I have with them. The, the lack of confidence, it seems like, against teams like KC. Can they beat, I don't even know if they can beat uh, a team like Pittsburgh. I'm really excited to see how they face up uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, my biggest issue, though, though, with with Baltimore, like I said, stating publicly that you that you have a kryptonite, and kryptonite means that that 
always gets the best of you. That always beats you, okay? So so I don't like them saying that. I think we've seen somewhat of the best of Lamar. We've seen what Lamar is, not exactly going to be improving anytime soon. I don't think any, any more huge leaps and bounds like we've seen him take over the last pr- couple of years. Uh, so I think we've seen kind of what the Ravens are. I think they're the fourth best team in football right now. And uh, yeah, we, we might have seen the best that the best uh, possible for this Ravens team. Again, very excited to see how they match up against Pittsburgh. A big game for them and the Steelers. If we see Baltimore getting the best of Pittsburgh, perhaps they move up on my list. Either way, a huge game for them this weekend. Uh, Baltimore is at number four. Number three, uh, the third best team in football has got to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? And I know, I know, how can the only undefeated team left in football be be ranked third? How can the only team that hasn't lost a game be ranked third? Well, quite frankly, it's because of guys like Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, okay? That is why Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers are at number three in comparison to number two or even number one, the best team in football. I can't put them there because of guys and the performances I've seen from the two guys, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and their teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But let's hype up Pittsburgh while we can. They have the best defense in all of football. They have a 6-0 and record, the best record in all of football. A true threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. I think the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. I don't love what I saw from Big Ben late against, against Tennessee. Those couple of turnovers, those couple of interceptions were just terrible throws, it seems like. Like, like throws that... that why would you make that throw? Okay, you can kick a field goal. Why would you make that throw? You throw an interception in the end zone when you, when you simply could have kicked a field goal and, and solidified the victory. Uh, so I don't love what I saw from them late against Tennessee. However, they're 6-0, the best defense in the league, a huge threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. Pittsburgh is my third best team. They are ranked third for me uh, in the National Football League. Number two. Number two, I kind of spoiled it. There are only two teams left to talk about. It's either Kansas City or Tampa Bay. I'm going with Tampa Bay at number two for now. Okay, hold hold the roll. Slow the brakes up. I can't put them as the best team in the NFL quite yet, but I definitely think it's safe to say they're the second best team in football right now. After what I saw from Tom, from Tom and the Buccaneers uh, on Sunday against Las Vegas, beating the only team to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, I can only put one team ahead of them, and that is obviously the reigning champs. But but again, let's talk about what Tom did against the Raiders. 369 yards, four touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. And, and this Bucks team, they go from being one of the most undisciplined teams to, to Tom Brady coming to town and having consecutive weeks of no turnovers. That is the Tom Brady effect, turning one of the worst teams in the league to now, like I said, the second best team in all of football. That is the Tom Brady effect. 
Uh, you don't want to underhype or overhype what he's doing, but what he is doing is, is putting himself in the MVP discussion yet again, if not putting him at the top of that MVP uh, list, MVP discussion or rankings. Maybe Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, you can toss him in the mix of uh, mix as well. But it's safe to say Tom is making uh, Russell and Kyler run for their making them run for their money, a run for their money. And uh, yeah, again, especially what I saw in back-to-back weeks against Green Bay, against the Raiders. Man, I also saw this Tampa Bay defense hold Aaron Rodgers to only 10 points. Aaron Rodgers seemed to fold, not be able to handle what Tampa was throwing at him. Again, similar to the whole San Francisco uh, situation in the NFC, t- NFC title game. But Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, could not hold, could not take what Tampa Bay was dishing at them. We see Aaron Rodgers being held to only 10 points. And now, might I add, and now this, this explosive offense, which is finally uh, clicking, finally... Uh, getting together, Tom is finally seemingly, you know, figuring out what his guys like. They're figuring out what Tom likes. It's, it's seeming like this offense is starting to click finally. And, and you know what they did? You know what they did? They go out and sign and add prior one one of the best receivers in all of football. The last time he was playing, he was one of the best receivers in all of football. They go out and sign Antonio Brown. Now, I'm not expecting him to step in and be one of the best top 10 receiver in football as soon as he steps on the field. Heck no, he hasn't played in over a year. But I think he will come in and contribute right away. He, he can he, he can catch the long ball. He can he can put him in the slot if you need to. He can he can pretty much do it all. They they have some experience together. Tom and Antonio Brown, both of them do have. I can't quite put them at number one. You know why? Because I still remember their game against Chicago and, and quite frankly, Nick Foles outplaying and beating Tom Brady. I still remember that. Sadly, I can't erase that from my memory quite yet. That's the biggest reason I can't put them at number one. They also have two losses in comparison to the Chiefs only with only one loss. I know they beat the only team the Chiefs lost to. Uh, but calm down, Tampa Bay fans. I got you at number two. Okay, I got you at number two. They got the Giants this week, so it's an easy win. They, they have the Saints coming up, though, in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited to see that matchup again. They, they, they lost, obviously, the last time these this two these two teams uh, they faced off. So I'm excited to see what the addition of Antonio Brown does and what this, this Tampa Bay team can do going forward. I think now they're playing some of their best football. Expect a hot streak for this Tampa Bay team going forward. I have them as the second best team in all of football. And obviously you guys know who is left for number one. I'm going with Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs as still the best team in all of football. Again, even though Tampa Betty, or sorry, Tampa Bay, I, I, Tampa Brady, his slogan stays in my head. That's terrible. Even, even though Tom Brady and Tampa Bay beat the only team to beat Kansas City. I still have them at number one. They now have an established dual threat offense. Uh, what Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes, and the weapons he has at, at tight end, at wide receiver. Now, obviously, a dual threat offense. And now they are adding Le'Veon Bell uh, for a red zone threat for red zone situations. The rookie has had some issues reaching the end zone. You know. He's really good from 20 to 20, uh, but how good is he You know, in that red zone? That's why they go and add a guy, a veteran, in Le'Veon Bell. 
So and they they already have an established run game. They go, then go and add an established running back, a veteran running back in this league. They they already have the best weapons or the second best weapons now, not the best, the second best weapons in all of football. The reigning champs again. I haven't seen enough from from Tampa Bay. I haven't seen enough from Pittsburgh to put them over the reigning champs. Okay, I I haven't seen enough to put them over them. Quite frankly, they have the best player uh, at the most important position. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, so they have the best player in the most important position. They have a, a, a great head coach in Andy Reid. They get it done, obviously, on both sides of the ball. Chiefs stay at number one. The Chiefs are still the best team in all of football. I'm very excited to see what the addition of Le'Veon Bell does. Very excited to see what the addition of Antonio Brown does uh, for in Tampa Bay. One, one, one quick funny thing to, uh, before I end the show. You know a team who could use a receiver and, and a running back right now on, on the offensive side? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, that's hilarious. I know they have their guy Claypool, and I'm blanking on on their uh, running back's name right now. I know they seemingly have their guys. Juju has, has been in a roller coaster all year. I know that. I have him on my fantasy team. Uh, but a, a team in Pittsburgh could definitely use a guy like Antonio Brown, a guy like, a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so it is kind of sad to see them on different or, or different rosters when clearly you know a team, the team they used to be on, could still benefit from having them. Uh, funny to see. Uh, hopefully, they can go to these different teams and still contribute. Prove uh, that, they, that their best football was not left in Pittsburgh. They still have something left to do on the football field. Again, though, Chiefs uh, stay at number one. I got Tampa Bay at number two. I got Pittsburgh at number three. I got Baltimore at number four. I I, I got. Who do I have number five? That's a fantastic question. Who do I have in the... Oh, Seattle at number five. I had Green Bay at number six. Uh, Tennessee at number seven. The Browns at number eight. The Bills at nine. And then I slipped Arizona in there uh, at number 10. So that's my top 10. I would love to know what you guys think. Leave me a voice message on Anchor. Whatever platform you're listening on, leave me a comment or review. Thank you all for your continued support. Uh, as far as what next week is looking like for sports, for football especially, there's a big week. Or it's looking like next week has some pretty important games, as I, as I should say. We got Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We got the Bills and the Patriots, the Browns and the Raiders, the 49ers and the Seahawks, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, so some some very big games here. I think these games might even have an effect on my on my top ten rankings, especially with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, what, what can the Bills do against the Patriots? Can the Browns remain consistent against the Raiders? Can, can the Seahawks uh, beat that tough defense in San, in San Francisco? A whole lot going on in the next week. And again, after this week, we are halfway done with the NFL season. Hard to wrap my mind around. You guys better start watching. Better start appreciating. It while we still have it. Again, it has been a huge week in sports. I think the next week will be not not as big, but hopefully, hopefully almost as big. Hopefully, we have a plan narrowed down for basketball. We know it's going to be another big week uh, for for football. We officially have our MLB uh, World Series champions, the LA Dodgers. So it's been a big week in sports. Hopefully, it's it's you know just as good, uh, just as good in the world of sports going forward as but. 
I should say this, okay? I should say this. Sports are not the only thing to think about, to to discuss right now. Obviously, there's a major election going on in our country. Anchor and myself want to urge you, you know, uh, yeah, urge you, quite frankly, to go out and vote. Make sure your voice is heard. Anchor and myself, make sure your voice is heard in this pivotal election. Go out there and vote if if safely, if you, if, and also if you haven't already voted already, stay safe out there. Again, thank you all for your continued support. Go check us out on Facebook. Go leave us a comment or review on whatever platform you are listening on. That's going to be it for this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'll see you guys next Wednesday.